When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Oh my gosh, it's time to talk about something so very important in all of our lives. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, money. This is Talking Real Money. I'm Don McDonald. And this is a special edition of Talking Real Money from time to time. We've decided we're going to bring some of our Appella advisors over to kind of sort of co host. Now, of course, uh, with our two large egos in the room, there won't be a lot of room left for theirs. So, Oxygen uh, <laughs> is limited. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, that's Tom Cock. Hey. Hey. Yeah. So we're here today to talk about a, uh, a a money issue that comes up from time to time. What should my priorities be? My financial priorities. And uh, many of us are parents. Hopefully, all of us will uh, will get to retirement and. We have all kinds of competing, well, needs, things that we should be focusing on. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And joining us to talk about that is one of Appella's advisors, not Tom, but Diana Bacon. Hi, Diana. Well, hi, Don. Hey. And she's not just one of our advisors. She's one of the best advisors. There's <laughs> oh, a difference there. One of the best. There's a lot of advisors. Better than, but got- better than Tom? Way. That goes Way without better. saying. Yeah. All right. Well, then then we're just going to skip you for the rest of the I, show, Tom. Boy, and, you wouldn't uh, get so much argument here. Either, just hang so. out back in the back of the room while we move uh, well, on. Diana moving and I on. have a little yeah. chat. Go ahead. We want to talk about money priorities, the priorities in your life. Now, it comes up a lot. Uh, should I save for a house? Should I save for a car? Should I save, focus on my kids' college education? Should I be putting a lot of money away for them? And if I have limited resources, kind of like all of us do, well, what suffers? And is it retirement that suffers? Diana, what is the right answer? Should people be focusing on their kids or focusing on their their future? So this is such a big question. And you're right. I get it all of the time. And just because we have... <laughs> innumerable um, priorities doesn't mean that we have, you know, ever expanding money to be able to save. So the first thing I do when I talk to a client is look at what are your real priorities and where do you want to sacrifice? Because what I don't see people doing enough is being selfish. So I love the 529 plans for grandparents, for other people, when I see parents putting a lot of money in there, we have to take a step back and think of who owns that account, whose money is that actually. And one thing we see right away is parents are giving their kids the parents' financial future. So if you're looking at that dollar, you know, this is a savings dollar and how much should go into, say, college saving or retirement. If you are putting that whole thing into a 529 plan, then 
you are giving it away and you are losing the chance to ever use that without penalties and all of that. But you are planning for your children to use that and you lose that ability to have that dollar. Yeah, I mean, but okay, let's step back a little further than that. It's it's 90%, according to a survey I just read, 90% of us have money that they can save. They don't have to spend 90%, even though it's somewhere like 65% that, uh, that are uh, living paycheck to paycheck. All right. So, okay. So, but then out of that, only six of 10 people are actually saving for retirement. They're doing something else with it. And, you know, yeah, you got your emergency savings, you got your car loan, you got your credit cards, you're paying all the house. But so we're just not seeing it. You're not seeing people that have money to save, even putting it into retirement. So how do you deal with those people first, Don? Come on. Well, really. yeah, and that's the, that's where the big question is, is I'm of the opinion that the the you can borrow. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you can borrow for your kid's college education. That's not hard. You can borrow to buy a car. That's not hard. You can't borrow really. Well, reverse mortgage, but you can't really borrow to fund your retirement. You need real money, right, Diana? Oh, absolutely. And with that borrowing, let's let's start with where you started, Don, with the college planning. So if you are borrowing while they're in college, all of that, and particularly if you're really using the FAFSA and going through the programs, you're likely not paying interest during that. So you are buying time to decide who's going to pay off that loan. Is it going to be you? Is it going to be the children? And that way you can look again at the big picture. Are you still saving for retirement or are you sacrificing your retirement for your kid's education? Yeah. How much is, how much should anybody have in a 529 plan, for example? I, you know, I really like to see on the parent side, I don't want a parent putting more in than they can afford to give away. I know, but what does that mean? More, I mean, $100,000, 200000 because I get people walking here with 150000 and I say, don't put any more in there. Is that too much? I don't know. Are they going to Yale? Are they going to law school? Right. You know, no, the no, nice no. thing. I think it really comes down to the, the, the thing that I, I liked what Diana said earlier. Parents need to be, and it's hard to do when you're a parent, particularly, I, got, I don't want this to sound sexist, but particularly when you're a mom, it's a little hard for parents to be selfish. And I love that statement. They need to think about the time, I, unless your kids have signed a contract saying they will support you in your dotage, uh, you can't rely on anybody but you. And. And Don, I, I, I do agree with that because we see that particularly because when you look at the finances of single mothers, they are very unlikely to have saved for their retirement and much more likely to have poured just like their love attention, but poured their financial resources in their children, which is why they're going to have to work longer, which is why they're going to have a lower standard of living in retirement. It's why they are more likely to be below the poverty line in their later years. Yeah, we know women have a much tougher time with retirement than men. I mean, the numbers bear that out. But okay, so here we are. We're try Here's where the rubber meets the road for me. Most people, the only way they get saving done of any kind is to make it automatic. So if you automatically set up your retirement plan at work and say, I'm taking out 15, 20 percent, it's going right in there. That eliminates this conflict you feel about whether or not you're going to be nice to your kid or nice to yourself. No, 
But then also, if you're doing just the retirement, again, that's a limiting factor. So we want to always and do this. So contribute to that employer retirement plan. Absolutely. Especially if there's a match, don't give your employer back that money. But and put the money into savings that you can access for that house, the car, um, even you can use that money for the kids' education. And if people are saying, but yeah, then I'm re- I'm missing out on the tax benefits of the 529 plan. The tax benefit of, it, benefit of that 529 plan is you're not paying income taxes on those earnings. Well, you know what? Take a look at your portfolio. Are you being as tax efficient in your taxable accounts as you can be? Are you using things like exchange traded funds or, you know, there's different ways you can look at those accounts so that you are more tax efficient. And then, that's a great that's a great point yeah, because yeah. because and, and, and who gets taxed on at whose bracket is that income? Would that income be taxed from a 529 if it didn't have that tax advantage? It would be at the kids and the kid has no bracket to speak of. But then you're also giving away the assets. And that's where I really want people to stop and think before they give away their money. With me, with a client, I want them to be financially independent where we can look at their balance sheet, we can look at their spending, we can look at life expectancy and beyond and make sure they are financially independent before they start giving that money away. All right. And how does the the, this new rule now, the Secure Act 2.0, where you can take the money out of the 529, paste it into somebody's Roth IRA. How does that play into all this? Okay, but that's not unlimited. That's only $35,000. Correct. So, I mean, I like it and it's such a great thing that, and again, I like to talk to grandparents and aunts and uncles and family friends about this because you can really front load that Roth. What a great thing for someone graduating college or grad school, whatever, to already have that large, I mean, if you're in your early 20s, 35000 in Roth, that's a lot of money. That's Indeed a lot is. of growth. Yeah. And so that's a great thing. But I also see 529 accounts that are $200,000. Okay. That $35,000 is is not, right. <laughs> not well, really going to do it. Maybe the simple answer to all of this and in my in my humble opinion, the simple answer is if you've maxed out your 401k or your 403b at work, you've maxed out your IRA contributions, be they Roth or regular, you've done all of that, you're doing all the right stuff for your retirement, you're probably going to be in really good shape or decent shape in retirement. And if you are able to do all those, this that should be your priority. And then you can fund the other accounts outside of the 529 for other purposes or fund the 529, get the kids set up with the $35,000 thing. If they don't go to college, heck, even if they do go to college, I'd sure. be tempted to just keep 35000 out and give them the Roth if I could afford it. But I, isn't it just let's concentrate on us, the parents first, because we have got the biggest mountain to climb. The kids mountain is much, much, much smaller, shorter. We and got it's to, farther we got in the Mount future. Everest. That's and it's a, farther in the future. Mountain you can climb way later. Well, and what I keep saying is, you know, prospects coming to me, they are in their mid-50s and they cannot figure out how they're going to retire. And when you look at what they have spent on private schools, on sports, on college, you know, and they still have someone in high school, and I have to look them in the eye and say, you are not going to retire. You are not. You will be working into your 70s unless you greatly reduce your standard of living because you have given your retirement 
to your children. And by the way, that sounded uh, other than the age, that sounded like somebody like in this room, but I was like, let's yeah, leave yeah. that right there. Other uh, than the yeah. mid fifties thing. Yeah. You're getting that. All right. That's great stuff. How about time right. for a couple of quick questions? Questions. Here? questions. Right. I love questions. This comes from uh, Jenny in Dublin, Ohio. Tom and Don, thanks for the entertaining and informative show. I'm hoping you can simplify my hodgepodge fidelity account so I can more easily rebalance our portfolio. I follow, I follow Paul Merriman, but there are only two fidelity offerings in Merriman's 2023 best in class recommendation, which begs the question, am I missing out if I only invest with fidelity? Then he goes through a range of things. And then Jenny, pardon me, <laughs> she Gee. asks, is it possible to use a two exchange traded fund portfolio of AVGE and BND in my fidelity account? Gosh, she answered her first question I, there at yeah. the end, didn't she? It's pretty easy, no? I mean, the question, is she focusing only on the Fidelity funds and why yes. Fidelity would you – there's no need to just limit herself to the Fidelity funds. Touche. You Basically, can buy she said that at the end. She goes, I know. but am I limited to Fidelity? Well, I can buy ETFs. Yeah, no, then you're not limited to Fidelity. No, you, you can, can buy, buy anything you like there. Number two. We yeah. t- this is the question, I think, on the table. Will you make more if you use Paul Merriman's 10 fund portfolio? If you're in our more expansive private management portfolio, if you're in the two fund portfolio, that's a question worth considering, no? <laughs> you well, know, really, it's going to come down to fractions. It's going to come down to just fractions of a percent differences, potentially. When you get into the millions of dollars, when you're in seven figures, those fractions become pretty big dollar amounts. But when you're just getting, you're in the early phases of building wealth, or you don't have a lot of money, those fractional increases that you might get from these hypothetical academic, uh, academically based concepts is not, it may not be enough to be worth the trouble. Well, and- I'm going I'm to simplify what you said, Don, just the tiniest bit, because my you my mantra to. is, um, you know, there is optimal, but most of the time, just good enough is good enough. So even though, yeah, maybe there is an optimal thing that she could be doing, I don't know, with most people, good enough, that's it. Stick with well, the good enough. If we said that, our podcast would be really short it would yes. refer back we, to the half of the people that don't save anything for retirement start with that right I mean, get something in there then we could get all technical all right quick question from james in uh gazintite florida no how do you pronounce this what is uh, it loka hatchy loka of course pardon me i should have known that <laughs> It's a, uh, it's a seminal Indian name. Uh, very, it's <laughs> seminal to this program, apparently. All right, James it says, spelling, I'm 58. Okay. You're happy. I'm happy. <laughs> managing a million dollars in investments. Good yeah. risk tolerance. Goes through his portfolio, VTI, VB, VBR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the crux of the matter. Um, three to six month U.S. Treasury notes and bills that he purchases off of Schwab's secondary bond market. I've been purchasing treasury notes for years, not just the last year. For me, the fixed part of fixed income is more important than the income part. Been happy these days since I can have them both. I plan on this keeping this retirement allocation. What do you think? I mean, what about buying individual treasury securities rather than just buying a fund? I mean, with that you know what you're going to get at maturity. 
you don't have to worry about the net asset value and any fluctuation. You know, what it's valued at before it matures, who cares? You know the coupon rate. You can, you know, look at the yield to maturity, the yield to worst, all of that, but you know what you're getting. It is very um, boring and stable. And that was the word that popped in my head as you were reading this question, Tom, is, yeah, they're not worried about the fixed income side. They like the stability. They like the knowing. Okay. I mean, that might be the answer for this person. It's just the amount of work, right? I mean, it's well, how hard no, you got to work to deal that. with it. It's not, okay, there's, there's some work involved. And I know that's your argument for bond funds, but I'm going to take a totally different tack from the bond fund argument. You can come back to that in a minute. But that is, why are you getting, why are you dealing with, with a, a treasury rate when when you can do CDs at about the same or maybe even better rates and 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 ladder those out, I know if you do a, a, a six month, one year, eighteen month, two year ladder with secondary market CDs through Schwab, you're going to get a little bit more money. You're going to get the same security. Good point. Yeah, um, I mean so it gets fair in today's environment. There's your bond argument. Yeah, I mean the your bond argument, argument. It the reason that and. Because people come to us every day and say, I could do fixed income better than fill in the blank. And I'm going to say, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. You don't pay them very much. For example, Vanguard, they're pretty careful about how they run their fixed income. I'm fairly trusting of letting them do that rather than myself. Could you do it yourself? And perhaps, as Diana says, you're going to know more about the, the, the what you hold than having a, a bond fund. Sure. And as you said, can you sort of say, here's my yield, to all those things. I agree, but I never want to work that hard. And frankly, I think you'll have a hard time beating Vanguard in the long haul. And I think because, you know, you're always having to stay on top of it when you're building your own portfolio. That's really the thing is, yeah, I mean, right now, Don, you're right. Like you can go build a CD ladder and you are going to, you know, kick that yield out of the water. But we know that what's happening now is not going to be what happens in the future. The world is ever changing, even in the bond market. So when we look at, um, you know, the work you're putting in now, that's great if you want to continue to do that forever. I don't know an 80-year-old that's going to be as excited about that. (laughs) So I don't think it's so much the work uh, either, though. You both mentioned work. What I really think the problem is, and the reason why these funds work, is because they take the emotion out of it. It's very, very hard. People can logically say, well, of course I can I can ladder and uh, re-up my maturity to the next longest maturity when something matures. I, I can do that. But in reality, we're all emotional. And when rates are falling, we're thinking, well, I think I'll wait because they're going to go back up and I don't want to lock in at these lower rates. So I, I think that's one of the biggest arguments for using the funds because they force discipline on you. Yeah, you don't have to make any calls. I mean, I've seen people that were professional market timers say, yeah, I don't really buy the system on this one. I'm going to do something different because here's what I think is going to happen. I'm with you there. And for me, yes, the hard work and the fact that, well, just to name them, Vanguard has done a very good job with fixed income for a very long period of time. At three basis points? Yeah, Yeah. that was what I was going to say, that inexpensive. Yeah, I'm with you there. Three basis points on BND. Three That's, basis points. Wow. Now we have we have two of our thirty-five thousand advisors compliance. I think it's thirty-five thousand four hundred. Exaggerating. It's yeah, okay. a note for compliance. Don is exaggerating. <laughs> it's called by, stupid humor. By only uh, thirty thousand or so, but otherwise you're right there on right. it. So we have a couple of our advisors here, and one of the things our lovely advisors do 
not all of them are really excited about it. I'll be honest, but they do is this little thing that we decided should be done a long time ago. And that was providing help to anyone who asks for it, period, without cost obligation or a high pressure sales pitch. I thought it was now, making I, them listen to this podcast. So I thought I know, it was Tom, really something I know, I know Tom is very good about it because for some reason he likes just sitting around and talking to people. <laughs> that makes me sound like I got nothing better to do, which probably don't. I don't. What do you, so what? It's okay. you don't. You that's don't. Exactly. What would you be doing on a chair? Mowing you know, the right? lawn? Exactly. So and it's raining now. So can't and do I that think anymore. Even, even Diana likes it. Well, I love, I mean, obviously I could make more money elsewhere. I love helping people. I love helping people get their finances together. What a perfect way to commit to self-care than getting your finances in order, because that is such a peace of mind that is so difficult to obtain. Now, bear in mind, we're not going to manage your entire portfolio and your future for free. That would be really dumb. But our advisors will help you out, including Tom and Diana. You can call and meet with an advisor at 800-386-3004, or you can set up a really easy appointment by going to TalkingRealMoney.com and clicking on Meet an Advisor. You could even ask for one of these two. Yeah, you could put it right in there. Put it right in there. Or when Feeling you call, charitable. just say, I want to talk no. to one of those people. <laughs> and I promise you, I pro- I've been promising this for years. No one's ever, ever, ever contradicted it. You're not going to get a, pre- a high-pressure sales pitch. Guarantee it. So go to TalkingRealMoney.com. You can also send questions in there. Tom, is there anything else you would like to no, add? I, yes, I would like to thank Diana Bacon for joining us today. She does a great work for all of our clients. And as you heard, she does great work uh, for the rest of us as well. So you may be hearing from her more in the future. So stay tuned. And I got to tell you, I'm just, you know, uh, with a McDonald and a bacon and a and a cock I think here, we I'm should just of, leave it right there. kind of getting anyway. hungry. I'm just okay, thinking. there you yeah. go. <laughs> Chicken, chicken. There you go. That's it's, good. Yeah, it's this good. is a podcast, so we can get rent, we can get risque, but we're <laughs> not going clients. to. That was Don, not me. Just so. <laughs> Anything else that you'd like to add, Ms. Bacon? No, I love this topic that we started off with, with really looking at your priorities because that one savings dollar is so important. Everyone wants to invest, but very few people really look at saving. If you don't save that money, you can't invest it. Ooh, that was profound. Ooh, that is, you got Ooh. nothing to and put in know, there. Well, let me add something to that. If you don't make the money to save it, you Ooh. can't invest it. It's not how much you make that counts. It's so how much you save. get off the couch. Oh, I agree. Get yeah. off the couch yeah. and make a living, dang it. How about that? Yeah. All right. Thank you all. Thank you guys, Tom, Diana. Thank you all, the listeners. Thank uh, everybody who's a part of anything we do here. We appreciate you. Even you guys in compliance. Yeah, whatever. Uh, thanks for being a part of the program. I'm Don. That's Tom. That's Diana. We hang out talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.